Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where Brandy meets bludgeoning, Mimosa meets misdemeanour and Port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Come on down. <laughs> she knew those sandwiches were 15 days old. The police are intimidated by funny women. <laughs> I mean, I like drinking, but it's the stories that keep me going. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. You join us now for a very special episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. We are joined by the fantastic journalist and broadcaster, it's Samira Ahmed. Welcome. Thank you so much. I see you've all got a bottle of Prosecco each. It's very impressive. It does look that way now, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. The optics are bad, I realise. <laughs> the optics are good. We're drunk women solving crime. The optics are, are just spot on. I think that's what it says on the tin. It's, yes, we are on brand. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, well, thanks for inviting someone who doesn't drink onto your podcast. I mean, we, we do do that. We do do that. <laughs> we do, yeah. We've had quite a few. Yeah. Literally, anyone but men is basically <laughs> our That's our thing. But, like, for a year, we allow on. We have men's month, and we give them a chance, you know. Yeah. And then, other than that, women, no matter if they drink or if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And now that we've solidified <laughs> our parameters, <laughs> yeah. we have one question. <laughs> Samira, have you ever been the victim of a crime? The very minor end of hate crime, but when I was 10 in 1978 and the National Front were quite a big force in the yeah. UK, yeah. I was with a group of kids, all of us, you know, of Asian heritage in a playground yeah. and in South London. And... Yeah, this group of white kids just started hassling us and just started oh. getting, you know, threatening and they were started shoving us around. Oh and I was God. the older, so I said, we need to go. And they started tripping us up. And we ended up having to run. Oh. And I was really upset about it because I was angry. I just thought, you know, mm. I don't, I don't, they, they were cowards. Yeah. And so, but I did, I did get a story out of it because I wrote a letter to John Craver's Newsround, which got read, <gasps> read out on the programme. Oh. And I got a badge. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And more than 30 years later, the co-presenter of that episode emailed me out of the blue to say, was it you? So I wrote a whole piece about it. It's The Guardian. It's oh, called wow. News Round Racism and Me. Oh, oh my wow. God. That's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> I didn't even know. Like, well, I think when I watched News Round, I feel like there wasn't like letters that they read out. Oh, That's... in the summer, they had a version called News Round Extra. Oh. And they would, they would encourage you to send in letters. And if it got read out, you got a news. I'm a News Round News Hound badge. <gasps> Sadly, I've lost the badge, although I still got the letter from John Craven. And then I bumped into him when I was a reporter at Channel 4 News at the Ministry of Agriculture during the foot and mouth outbreak oh, when there yeah. was like, daily news conferences and we were you know, talking about dead cows and then suddenly, <laughs> hey, John Craven, when I was 10, you sent me a news oh around news hand badge. And he went, he just looked a bit baffled. He went, oh, that's very nice. <laughs> story as to no, why. No. I love that the co-presenter remembered though. Yeah well she was one of the first Asian women reporters at the BBC. Oh, wow. Amazing yeah. yeah. So you read the article and basically she felt that yes. they had they had ducked the, the central issue which was the racism Ooh, and they'd, right. they'd not talked about it really the way they should and she was wary of getting drawn into talking about her own experience. Yeah you can imagine wow. what it must have been like to be a female reporter at the time. Yeah. 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 Oh man this is so important this is amazing. In the days before the internet if you didn't just happen to turn on the television, you wouldn't know that your letter had been read out. So I just turned on the TV wow. and they were reading out my letter. Oh, my God. That's Did wow. you turn on the TV thinking they might be reading it or you just randomly... Well, yeah, because you don't know how long it takes from posting in a letter yeah. to yeah. when they might choose to read it. Yeah. yeah. God, I've just remembered more crimes. Oh, go on. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is a bit of a solemn one, but I was I was punched in the face by an ex-boyfriend. <gasps> oh, my God. Well, I'd only gone out with him for two weeks and he'd got very weird over the summer and it turned out he'd been lying and making up all these things when oh I said I wanted to die. Like, oh, you know, his aunt had died of cancer and then he oh. had cancer. And I just thought, okay, this is this is weird. So I think he was mentally ill. But um, I broke up with him and he suddenly appeared outside my college um, and just hit me in the face oh. and ran away. Oh and I had witnesses. Um, and I was, I was shocked and it hurt. But yeah. Um, yeah. I decided, in terms of the police, I decided not to press charges oh. because I could tell he was an attention-seeking fantasist. Right. And right. I didn't see what would be the benefit to me. And... You know, one of the things that's very interesting when I've interviewed actors and singers over the years, including women like Debbie Harry and Chrissy mm -hmm. Hind, who've yeah. both experienced rape, you know, there's a reason why they've decided not to go to the police. I'm not in any way comparing my experience to theirs, yeah. but there's a, individual women make individual decisions yeah. for, for the reasons they do at the time. And, and so, you know, I went through, Oxford was very archaic in those days, so it had internal college disciplinary procedures. So I reported it, I had a meeting with my college principal, and I think he had some discipline, he had to pay compensation for the damage to my glasses, but I just wanted it done with. And there was a kind of equivalent of a restraining order, he couldn't come near college. Wow. And oh, I never I heard or saw him again. Okay. But you know the one thing that actually did bother me, and I should have said it to my college principal, is I remember, you know, a few years later, the college kept in, has kept in touch with me as a kind yeah. of alumnus. And 
And I remember seeing him kind of years later, the principal, and saying, oh, yes, you're that one who came to see me all upset after that strange incident <gasps> with that boy. And I just oh, thought, upset. Whoa. that's really not how I would label me. You know? oh, and he didn't gosh. mean anything negative by it, you know. But I just, it was horrible to think that's, that, yeah. that's what I was in his yeah. vision. I was, oh, that, that woman who had, you know, like somehow you've attracted trouble. Yeah. yeah. It's the language that people oh, use yes. without any thought to it. So you just, just, I just remember that really upset. odd incident, you know. When oh, you were, my gosh. You know, it's like an like odd a, incident yeah. rather than a terrible event. Assault. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. But I haven't thought about it really for years. And it's well, only because... It's that's like, what we're here you know, for is to dredge up <laughs> <Yeah>. trauma. <laughs> But it is funny on this podcast when we ask people, have you been the victim of crime? And initially they go, I don't think so. Wait a minute. And then you realise... And that was the last one I thought of and that was actually the most serious, you could argue. Yeah, well, yeah. That's very common too, that it's sort of, yeah, the big ones that we sort of park. It was really important to me to not be defined by it. And also, Mm -hmm. I suppose the one time I do think about thinking about it is when I think most women, I think, have had some experience of violence. Yes. Mm. It's nice to be able to look back and question how things were handled and it doesn't change how things were handled but to have the power to go oh that was really badly phrased or that person really didn't give me the respect yeah, that, that was I deserved so, in the moment. 1987 so 30, 32 years ago I sort of considered that a modern time, so I am still disappointed, but it yeah. wasn't handled Oh, the 80s was not in many ways a modern time. Yeah. I tell my children about it. And it's <laughs> wild, yeah. isn't it? Because, yeah, still even here in that year, I'm like, that was 15 years ago, right? Yeah. Everything's, 15... <laughs> <laughs> Everything's 15 years ago to me. Because, like, I'm 12 now, so... Well, do you want to hear the weirdest thing? My daughter, who's 20, said she was going to a party, and it was a costume-themed party. Do you know what the theme of the, the party was? Oh, God. The 2010s. No! Oh, what the hell? How would you know how to dress? I can't. I feel <laughs> bad about myself. That's a whole generation. That's <laughs> when they were children. Get off. Oh. like, what even is a defining moment of the 2010s? It's the same as the North. Like, it's just not complete. <laughs> all right, all right. But what would... Yeah, well, now I've just completely I would, revealed my... <laughs> I would have to do a lot of research to even know what was like, happening. What was, <laughs> it is I'm weird, though. so like, out of touch. Well, <sighs> I don't know. Oh. I know. Sometimes and yet, if we said to you, well, I don't know how old you are, but you said to me, the seven or the 80s yeah. I would know exactly yeah, 100% yeah. Yeah. but it takes 100%. time doesn't it isn't it like 20 years after a time that you can kind of look back on it and go oh wow that that was definitive like I feel like the 90s have only just become this massive thing it's of, an era now yeah, yeah the 90s you know what the 90s is right mm. you kind of you know it's it's the best time yeah. ever yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I then maybe the 90s. I love the nineties. Yeah, I wonder what we'll kind of look back on on yeah on twenty ten or on twenty twenty. Yeah, like <laughs> well, we lost twenty twenty. That year just disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah there's no well. fashion to report apart from Zoom. Oh my god! In like twenty years' time, we're we'll, like teenagers doing retro kind yeah, of like mask wearing parties. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! Oh, top, up, top up dressing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That will be an ironic party. Oh my god! Wow! Yeah. What a shame. Because I started, like, I started writing like kids TV about ten years ago, so now I have people who are like twenty or in their early twenties going like, "Oh my God, you wrote Wolf Blood or something yeah. like that," and I'm like, "Oh Did wow, you? yeah." <laughs> 
<laughs> your, in fact, your, yeah, your kids might yeah, have been yeah, just yeah, the right t- era. Totally the right generation. <laughs> oh, that's so it is really funny because it's kind of like I don't even <laughs> consider myself to sort of you know have done it for that long. But when you're writing kids' TV, ten years is huge because you go yeah, from being a ten-year-old to a twenty-year-old. Yeah. yeah. And there's a generation of kids that have basically gone through university in a pandemic, so they haven't had the full proper experience. Mm. Feels like maybe that's what my experience was like anyway. So, <laughs> am I just sat in my room? Yes, I am. <laughs> we always ask on this podcast, what would you say if you had the perp? I'd, maybe they can't, can't see you. Maybe they can. Like you're allowed to shout at them. You're allowed to hit them. Anything you want to do, what would you say or do to the perps? Well, I think about the children who are being racist and mm. I just wonder how they've grown up and whether, yeah. you know, whether they even remember the incidents, whether yeah. they are still racist. Because, yeah. you know, kids grow up influenced by what's around them and their yeah. families and people do change, you know. Okay. So I'd like to think they might, they might remember it and feel really ashamed. Interesting. Mm. I hope so. Yeah. That would, that's, <laughs> they fucking better, <laughs> like, little shits. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing those stories. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Not at all. amazing. No. Proper crimes. This is it. Everybody has these stories. This is what, I mean, I, mean, I like drinking, but it's the stories that keep me going. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. This is a case where a joke got somebody in trouble. So I have two questions. What year is this and what do you think the joke was? Because oh. I think that it feels like it's modern, right? Because of the fact that actually the sort of council, yeah. council culture, yeah. stuff like that, that people, you know, it sure. feels like jo- jokes can sort of get like you into trouble a lot more these days. But I feel like we've probably, we're probably going historical. So I think it might be like from a long time ago. And it could, maybe it's some kind of joke that in terms of getting someone into trouble, it's not that the joke was offensive. Maybe it's that the joke was wrong. So it's some kind of war or something that was started off the back of somebody. You know, sometimes you make a joke. Yeah, it might not be comedy. It's not necessarily comedy at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So somebody, like, you know, when... um, I throw my glove at you or whatever. Yeah, when people make jokes that aren't comedians. So I don't think it's a comedian. Maybe it's a courtier or something. Maybe it's like... Yeah. um, a, mem- a, co- a member of Queen Elizabeth I's court making a bit of a joke and getting himself put in the tower. Yes, okay. That's a great yeah. yes. Yes. 16th century. Yes, yeah. a courtier getting cancelled for <laughs> just <laughs> having too many bells. Cancelled courtier yeah, next yeah, on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd watch it. My, yeah, my head went right to comedy and it might not be. I went yeah. right to Lenny Bruce. Okay. I can't tell you what the joke was. I mean, he he said a bad word. He kept getting arrested. (laughs) He kept getting arrested. Well, that's why my yeah, yeah, that's a good. These are all excellent guesses. You've all got (laughs) wonderful instincts. None of you are quite right. She's so nice to us. (laughs) The range between 16th century and 19th century, you know, somewhere in the middle. (laughs) We 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 edged around it somehow, somehow, some way. Okay, the joke was about sandwiches. Yes, you can't say anything these days. But actually, it was 1957. Okay. I will now give you more information. That was just a sort of a... Yeah, see little, where your head goes. Uh, and I do the, take sandwiches very seriously, so... The context to explain this joke. We are talking about Mary Elizabeth Wilson, uh, and she was nicknamed the Merry Widow of Windy Nook, which is giving you a bit of a clue uh, as to what's happening. Uh, I think people are just intimidated by funny women. Um... <laughs> And also, it does sound like a lesser-known Shakespeare play, doesn't it? The Merry Widow of Windy Nook. Yeah. 
Also, like, in terms of a nickname, I'd be a bit like Spans is my nickname because it's just like <laughs> Hannah, Spanner, like, you know, a bit of fun. But that feels like they're really like, right, can we know if her husband's dead? Where does she, like, live? Like, yeah. there's a lot going on in that it's nickname. It's a very detailed nickname. Yeah. It's writing a whole story, really. Feels like one she didn't give herself. Yes. Now, the sandwich joke occurred at Mary's fourth wedding. Uh, she was getting married to 76-year-old Ernest Wilson. She is 66 at this time. And they have a lovely spread, but there are a lot of cakes and sandwiches left over. And <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to the joke. <laughs> we expected like more hard hitting. It might. <laughs> I just really think we arsenic suddenly involved in this. <laughs> Mary's friend asks her, "What should we do with all these sandwiches and cake?" And Mary replies, "Let's save them for the funeral." <gasps> oh, and that's a pretty good one. That's to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's a solid gag. Oh, is she like a black widow? Yeah. Oh, maybe the arsenic wasn't far off then. Yeah, uh, you were on the money. Mm. But also, um, even if even if it's completely spot on, I still want to be friends with her. She sounds amazing. <laughs> she sounds sassy and I like sassy. her. Just don't let her cook We you. always side with the woman. It's a really yeah. terrible reflex. We're like, but but she was trying. Like, no, she murdered. But she... Yeah. Not the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's a powerful force. Always... <laughs> okay, so and now Ernest Wilson, who she has just married, laughs along. Okay. He laughs at this joke. Good for you, Ernie. Yeah. Yes, I am older. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my question is, how much longer did he live? Oh no! After laughing at this joke at his <laughs> wedding. I mean, if he hadn't laughed, he wouldn't have lasted very long. Even the last laugh. Yeah, I'm getting married in a few weeks and nobody <laughs>, laughs at my speech, in which there are a lot of age jokes. I'm marrying a slightly older man. As well. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, it's more of a roast, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be disappointed if it Your wedding wasn't. roast. <laughs> <laughs> my wedding roast. Roasting but I mean, oh, she's bold, isn't she? But I, I think perhaps, perhaps a year, maybe. I'm going to go a year. I think less. Six months. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I'm getting this picture of this is her fourth mm-hmm. marriage. I'm presuming that the previous three have also died. Mm-hmm. Boy, she's bold if she's joking about it. Maybe um, it's a lot less. Maybe it's like a few days. Yeah. On the honeymoon. Yeah, so I'm going to go less just to yeah, yeah, just yeah, for yeah. variety. I will say eight days. Eight days? Yes. You're a year? One Are you year. sticking with six no, months? I'm, no, I'm going to go even less. I'm, I'm going to go something like a week. A week? Just sneaking under. <laughs> eight right, days. The right price is right. Yeah, I think I've got a game show mentality. I'm not sure this is the right approach. I love it. It's absolutely the right mentality. What did you say? Well, I said a year. You said a year. Because okay. okay. I, I still believe in marriage because I'm not married yet. <laughs> so it's so romantic that he survived for a year. <laughs> yeah, true love. <laughs> That's a beautiful story. See, if you'd gone one day over, you would have won. It's 15 days. Taylor gets the prices right. Oh. Um, so okay. he. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen days, he dies. Now, oh, to be dear. fair, you actually can't keep sandwiches for fifteen days. So the jokes, <laughs> the, the jokes, jokes on everyone yeah, for not understanding. Um, Back to me. Uh, 
<laughs> it's not going to be sanitary. But I do believe this is what uh, people say when they someone is hiding in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, I said a joke got someone in trouble, but it was really more a murder that got someone in trouble. <laughs> That's <laughs> always the way. But the joke helped. Um, Who reported the joke? Well, key? so this is it. There is gossip. This joke got back to someone. So my question is, who heard this joke and didn't like it? Wow, we know he heard the joke at the time. So one of one of his family, I guess? Okay, family member. Granddaughter. Granddaughter. <laughs> I wonder if it was one of her friends. One of her friends? Mm. A um, jealous friend. Bad friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Depending on your point of view. <laughs> A friend of Disloyal friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder if she's accumulated quite a bit of wealth on the back of... Yeah. I've already thrown her under the bus. Like, she's killed four men now, like, but we don't even know that. Well, had he been married before? Oh, that's a big question. That's true. No. Um, See, if he was like a lonely widower, it might have been like a, as you say, that's a, a really sort of good question. An unhappy sister. Yeah. Yes. I actually, but I like the idea that it's like the friend that you didn't ask to be a bridesmaid. It's like <laughs> it's that one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. She's like, I'll get her. Yeah. Yeah. At um, 76, at 76. Teresa, you don't even like satin. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much walking. <laughs> You would never have done it. Um, <laughs> Too much more. <laughs> Come on. I unfortunately don't know about his previous, if he was married before. That would be really useful, but I don't have that. Loads of people were gossiping, but the, the who heard about it and started to take action, it was the police. The police heard that she'd been joking about these murders. It got back to them. Oh. And they were increasingly suspicious of this happy widow and they decided to investigate her because the police are intimidated by funny women. (laughs) Is this a British story? Yes. This woman does sound like a really bad person. (laughs) (laughs) I can see one in black and white. It's like a Miss Marple story, isn't it? It is. It's like very 50s. It really is. The Merry Widow of Windy Nook. Yeah. Within this case, there's sort of this implication that if she'd stopped joking, she might have gotten away with it. Oh, my God. You know, that's so going to be my really, downfall yeah. one day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. putting that out on the internet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Played in evidence. Your headstone will be killed by her own wit. Yeah. yeah. Future edition of right. drunk women solving too, crimes. Yeah. Just too happy and cracking wise about it. That makes mm. me like her, though, that she just couldn't not quip about yeah. it. She couldn't help herself. I know. I'm trying to work out who'd play her in the film. Yeah. <laughs> and she's 66, 66 when we join her in this story, yes, right? She so is. She's, she's British. British. Yeah. She's funny. Yeah. <laughs> what are we thinking? Jennifer Saunders, maybe? She's quite sexy, you know. Yeah. We'll get this pitch together in a minute. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Okay, so now, Mary got through four husbands between 1955 and 1957. <laughs> Two and, years? Yeah. <gasps> and I thought there was a shortage of men after the Second World War. Yes. Yeah. Well, these are much older than men, though, aren't they? <gasps> yeah. Right, so they might not have actually gone to war. They yeah. might not have been soldiers. They might, yeah, that's a dad's army. That's a ridiculously short amount of time. Like, she's really making this obvious. Well, yeah. You say that, but, you know, life expectancy was, what, 60-something for men at the time, wasn't it? Actually, yeah. That's a good point. Okay, you so know. she's just unlucky because... Yeah. They're older gentlemen. I mean, yeah. terms of getting away with it. Yeah, is she counting on the fact that people mm. are like, well, it kind of, you know, if she married someone who right. was 30, then... Yeah. yeah. Gosh. 
Um, I wonder if the wedding guests were all the same. <laughs> so here we are going. There is an element of that because... So the last sandwiches were better. <laughs> this joke was not an isolated incident, by the way. Mm. She had a penchant for dark humour. Penchant, penchant, penchant. 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 She had a penchant <laughs> for dark humour. And I was going to ask you, what other jokes do you think she might have made in this time? And who is she making them to? Like, what other professions is she cracking wise? I mean, I guess she sees a lot of undertakers. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, really? (laughs) She's joking to undertakers. What do you think she's saying to them? Um, Can I have a loyalty card? (laughs) Ding, ding. No way! Oh, my God, am I this woman? Yeah, discount. 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 Yeah, seriously. She she asks her local undertaker for a discount. Wow. Um, She's like, you know, come on, I'm in here all the time. I'm your best customer. I know you're already familiar with my work. Yeah. And she, uh, the registrar's office, where she got married and then when she had to record her husband's death, she is quoted as saying, there should be a discount for me. So she's recycling materials. Yeah, wow. It's a little bit hack now. I'm a psychopath. I always forget the difference. Is she a sociopath or a psychopath? Oh gosh, I just listened to a podcast where they like flushed that out. Because there's a whole flirtatious, you know, almost attention seeking aspect of it. And the charmingness. Yeah, sort of enjoying the grandeur of it. It depends, like, I mean, I I suppose it depends if she murdered. We did say there was a murder. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of because I feel as though if like I did genuinely marry four men in two <laughs> years and they all died, I think maybe You'd I'd tap into some gallows humour, yeah. you know. So it's yes. kind of like, yeah. but if she's, I think if I'd murdered them, I'd be a bit more like, like do you know what, Hannah? Yeah, actually, don't it, make those jokes. Or, or is it a double bluff? <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, oh gosh, she's grieving so much. Well, she's it's a serial killer. The whole thing about them is they are, you know, they, they get bolder and they... Yes. Yeah. yeah. They sort of revel in yes, it. With what they get away with, they're constantly pushing. Maybe. Yeah, the plain sight thing is just—it's ridiculous yeah. how far that goes. And as you guys have said, you know, these are solid jokes. They're gallows humour. <laughs> and they are the kind of jokes that you would sort of make amongst friends, you know, if you mm. sort of trusted that everyone's on the same page. Yeah. And that you're not a murderer. Was the Edinburgh Fringe happening yet? Did she do a nice... <laughs> <laughs> She was like just like trying out material in the green room before she went on. A solid first hour um, from Mary. <laughs> Mary the widow. Yeah, so she had this cavalier, but it was her cavalier attitude that alerted people. And some of her marriages only and lasted... And you're barely in- allowed to have that in the 50s as a woman anyway, even if you're yeah. not knocking people off. So, so if they can get Why is you, she so confident and self-assured? Yeah, two attorneys. <laughs> yeah, there's like people... Yeah, the police are doing investigations into a couple of women who gave some really good speeches at some weddings. They're like, they're too funny. Something's <laughs> up here. Something's you up. know a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> and how to put them together. We don't like it. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So some of her marriages only lasted a few weeks, but it was always enough time for her to establish herself as the rightful heir of the estates, inheriting money after each death. And 15 days was the shortest marriage. So my question is, how long was her longest marriage? Oh, well, now I'm super suspicious of her if she's kind of... Well, she also four weddings within two years, so there couldn't have been well, that Well, four long. funerals within four two funerals years. Within two years. Not necessarily... So the first one might have been a longer marriage and... Yeah, before she realised yeah. what she could get away with, maybe. Expand on that. Yeah, well, let's say, let's go with um, um, a year for the first marriage. Okay, I'll go with lower. Eight months. Okay. It's the longest. I'm going to go for like 20 days, because I went, I went a year <laughs> to start with, and I have egg on my face, so. Well, Samira gets it. Mm. Uh, but you're still quite far off. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is 41 years. Oh! <gasps> Of course, that makes sense that she was oh. actually just married before. Oh my gosh. I love that you're still quite a way off. It's 40 years that you're well, at least I'm in the right unit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The right unit. <laughs> like any good detective. She got, I thought that was in the 1910s. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to give you a bit more about her background now. So, okay. she got. Tell her... us about Windy Nook. <laughs> yeah. Did a ruby wedding anniversary, obviously, very romantic. Did all the killing in the space of two years, but... So, she was born Mary Elizabeth Cassidy on the 11th of June, 1889, in County Durham, and she married her first husband, John Knowles, around November 1914, and they settled in Windy Nook, Gateshead, so 1914. So she's about 25. Yes. Okay. This is, I, this is why it's great to have clever people. An actual... <laughs> yeah, an actual, yeah. Our, our, like, catchphrase in this podcast yeah. is maths is impossible. So, <laughs> it's, so, it's not today. Not today. No, no, we have... <laughs> Some brain power We've today. Got some top brass detectives. <laughs> Hang on, I should know where. And here comes the question from the American. Just for contrast, I cannot remember where County Durham is. It's really up north. Yeah. Northeast. Northeast. Lincolnshire. North of. Lincoln. Oh no, north, north. Okay. It's near. North, sort of north. Under Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, it's right? under Newcastle. Oh, it's below Newcastle. Okay. Yeah. It's got a cathedral. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that and narrows it down, Hannah. A Greg's. I've, I went there recently, so I've got the intel, guys. <laughs> Where is it? It's got a Greg's. <laughs> no further questions. And it's on the shortlist for UK City of Culture. Oh, front row reference. Okay. <laughs> Hello. We got the intel. Okay, thank you. Because um, I always, go, my head always puts it in Ireland, even though I've lived here way too long. Okay, to think that. No. I'm adorable. <laughs> 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 
this is not relevant, but earlier Ernie wanted chocolate. My son is off school with chicken pox, oh, so I was just looking after him. So sort of, thank you. And he he's asked for chocolate. I went, no, you can't have any chocolate. And he went, what if I do this face? <laughs> <laughs> Tried to make his own lip wobble. <laughs> Where have you learned this? Did it work? I said he had to eat a banana first. <laughs> I remember my friend once came around to my house and I was like, do you want some orange squash? And he was like, I have to have a glass of water before I have squash because my mum says I have to have a glass of water. Oh, and I was no. like, that bitch isn't here. So <laughs> I, I didn't quite say that, but I was like, just have the squash, dude. Like, she's not here. And he, no, he was like, I will have a glass of water first. And I wow. realised that he's... She's in his head. Yeah, I he's, he's really successful now. <laughs> I was that kid. I took my rules with I me. Know, me. If I wasn't too. allowed to watch a film, I'd be like, I'll just be in the other room looking at my thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> this is rated R. Like, I just and instead, always... you should tell your friend that if he's going to drink the glass of water, you drink it after the orange squash to wash away the sugar on your teeth. Oh. That's the only point of it. His mum wow. was an idiot. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah, okay. there's a case to say you rinse your mouth after drinking fruit juice. This is why we need clever people. <laughs> Can I just say I did not impose that on my own children. I just know that that is, That's, that's the argument. Interesting. Okay. It's so funny those things that stay with you though. It always stayed with me that he did what he was supposed Unless to do Unless she was trying home, to make him house. full so he wouldn't drink the whole glass of orange squash. Yeah. yeah. You're still in touch? I want to find out more. Do you know what I am? And he's like seven foot now. So I'm starting to think like maybe water is good. Like he's like huge guy. But yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, Where did we get yeah. to? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what oh, where are you? Well, it's about rules, rule following. Uh, and he's just got 41 years. She's got married yes. in 1914. Yes. 1914. Very uh, good memory. She so, even keep, keeps us on track. It's fantastic. <laughs> You're hired. So they, <laughs> they were married from 1914 to 1955. Mm-hmm. And I really wish that I knew the year that the next thing happens. But multiple sources just said at some point which mm-hmm. was very frustrating. This is why I don't have as much information as I would like. At some point between 1914 and 1955, which is a large span of time, Mary makes a change and she moves her lover, John Russell, in as a lodger. Now, I genuinely don't know if he moves in as a lodger and they become lovers or if he's her secret lover. Right. And, um, she moves him in so it's easier to bang him. Like... I don't know which way around that happens. Well, but, she's a very in plain sight woman, so I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if from, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Is he similar age, a bit older, younger? Um, she's in her mid 60s by then. Yes. I think he is a similar age. He might be a tiny bit younger, but again, I don't have enough information. So huh. interesting. Mm. See, I don't think anyone believed that people had sex over the age of about 40 anyway, <laughs> did they, in the yeah. in 1950s England? Yeah. So Probably. why would you suspect anything? Well, yeah. yeah Even within a marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Very suspicious. <laughs> what, you like each other that much? What? <laughs> I also love that you described it as made a change, moved in her <laughs> and living no, lover. It's like, wow, that's quite a big change. I thought she was going to get a haircut or something. Yeah. <laughs> or the menopause. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, I love that if you're going through the change and like the change is just just taking a lover. That would be lovely. It's my turn. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, honey, it's one of the symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've got my hot water bottle. I oh sweat and I sleep with other men. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't it's make a, the signs. It's good for me, apparently. So. Oh my God, if enough women said that that's what... Yeah, yeah, we can make yeah. this happen. Okay. We absolutely can. Why not? <laughs> I can tell you a fact I do know. In 1955, first husband John Knowles dies and the death is presumed to be natural causes. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how soon does she marry the lover, John Russell? I hope it's the same day. <laughs> Quite soon. Yeah. Once she's inherited everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So was there paperwork? Yeah. I think she'd wait for the probate and all that. Two weeks. (laughs) I don't know about probate. Yeah, a couple of months. Yeah. Okay, so a couple of months. Yeah. I'm sticking with same day. <laughs> okay. It's the going... UK's first in and out <laughs> service. Yeah. Like Vegas rules. Yeah. <laughs> I was say. This is 1950s England. Uh, it is five months. Lincoln I'm giving chair. it to Samira. <gasps> right, okay. Five months. Okay. Um, By the way, Lincolnshire, I know that this is not the right area. I just keep saying you. <laughs> Love you. She's married the lover, John Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, he dies in 1956 or early 1957. And mm. the attending physician declared that both had died of natural causes and the merry widow inherits their money which is 42 pounds which doesn't sound like that much now but it was like loads it wasn't well, that, that, yeah, not that much in 1950s yeah they're not rich people that cannot be right that's what it is murder for 42 pounds and freedom sweet sweet freedom <laughs> <laughs> well now you're selling me <laughs> was she accused of murdering him not yet because okay. uh, so yeah, for fifty, like I, I hate putting money. a price on it though. Because this you're kind isn't of like, about money though. Then this is about the power she gets from they, it. This they, isn't about it. It then. could be. They lived quite a modest. Like he was a labourer on a farm and stuff. The lover was. No, the, the lover. Mm, the husband was. Oh, okay. And what did she done? Or was she a housewife? She was a housewife, but she did do something. I did actually have. <laughs> I had that written down. And then I didn't keep it because I thought the case would be too long. <laughs> I think we talk too much about women's she... careers. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know more about what she did in the home. <laughs> Could she sew? Could she, she bake? You know, just things like, was she more educated than him or not? Or was yeah. she semi-illiterate? Yeah. You know, all yeah. these things are, are interesting, aren't they, when you come to look at a defense. Was there domestic violence? Yeah, yeah I was wondering that. These was it a horrific marriage? Excellent questions. In June 1957, Wilson married her third husband, Oliver Leonard, and he was a retired estate agent, and he died only 12 days into their marriage, leaving her £50. And some bad suits. Some bad suits. And Sorry. <laughs> some great jokes about how small a bathroom is. And then she married the fourth husband, Ernest Wilson. His estate included £100, a bungalow, and life insurance. And this is where we came okay. in. With okay, okay. So £42, but so now we're working our way up. We get a bungalow now. to graft it a bit better. But how's she meeting all these guys as well? Like, you know, it's obviously... It's a good question. Windy yeah. Nook is this swinging area for singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are they all doing? I bet she was really charming. I think she... I mean, like, this is where we came into with her snappy patter at the mm-hmm. wedding. So maybe people are glad to have a laugh. Like... Mm, fun date. So now, Mary did one thing after the fourth husband's death that also made her look suspicious. Question, what was that? Did she dance in the cemetery? I like it. <laughs> I thought you were going to go like, yes. I'm like, shut up. Oh, oh dear. Oh, dear. Too far. 
<sighs> I mean, the, the Tinder wasn't a thing, but was she on like 1950s Tinder? Like, did she get straight out there for the next yeah, kind I was of? Yeah, but did she yeah. get straight out there and seen flirting with? Or, oh, okay. You know, yeah. Yeah, like picking up guys at the funeral. What are you doing <laughs> yeah, after? Slightly more extreme than I was suggesting. <laughs> I was just thinking. But most people don't have plans after, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time for a date. <laughs> Any further guesses? So you're saying we didn't get it right? <laughs> I am saying that. <clears throat> so what made her look suspicious? Yeah. I wondered if it was just something about how quickly she filed whatever paperwork it takes to claim the estate. Like she was okay. just in that office a little bit too fast. Okay, and yeah. Was she joking about it? I mean, it feels like maybe within her character to be like... Yeah. You know, it's dead in here, like my husband yeah. that I killed, or whatever. <laughs> That's I mean, how we started. They're not all yeah. going to be singers, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to tell you. You're not all going to be singers. <laughs> she did not bother to attend the funeral. <gasps> that is getting a bit sloppy, isn't it? It is, right? Attention to detail really matters. Yes. Yeah, it's like she wanted to get caught, I feel, a bit at this point. Yeah. This is when arrogance kicks in, though. Yeah. Right. When people have gotten away with something, they just start going, like, how far can I also, yeah. she Am knew, like, she knew those sandwiches were 15 days old. <laughs> she goes, like, I'm <laughs> not going why. to that funeral. Absolutely die. not. Yeah. She didn't even go to the funeral. <laughs> now, as you know, by this time, she's become a figure of local gossip um, concerning both the frequency at which her spouse has died and her rather cheerful attitude towards the pattern. So the police are onto her and they exhume the bodies of the last two husbands. Oh, wow. Mm. So question, what does that reveal? I mean, do we go back to arsenic? Yeah. Is, was Samira was it, right arsenic, all along? Arsenic, yeah. <gasps> that could be the, the earliest someone has cracked a case. <laughs> 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 it's the first thing you said. Well, I'm just, you know, just thinking of all those Miss Marples. Yeah, yeah. I think it must be poison because that's the classic, yeah. you know, widow weapon. Yeah. And it, it looks be, like natural causes. Yeah, and it could be rat poison or something domestic that yeah. you drop in. Mm. I'll, yeah. I'll say strychnine to be different. Okay. Um, that was the other one I was thinking of. <laughs> I'll say sure. they laughed so hard they died. That's, <laughs> not, that's how I want my husband to go. The corpses looked like they were laughing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, apart from Hannah, you guys are onto it. Oh. Um, <laughs> The, yeah, they uh, they were insecticides. There were high levels of phosphorus, which is indicative right. of some kind of beetle poison. Oh, wow. So, question, oh, what does her mm. defence claim about this discovery? He was accidentally doing it by the mislabeled bottles or something. That's great, yeah. Mm. Um, if he was a farm worker, yeah. yeah, would he have had... Well, the first husband would have mm. had exposure to the chemicals and then the second one had lived on the premises, so... Could the defense be okay. that, well, we use this on the farm, it was right. an insecticide. Yeah, okay. It's natural exposure. Yeah. That's good too. Yeah, yeah it feels yeah. like, I feel like the defense would be it's, it's accidental and yeah. she didn't put it in their tea, which is what yeah. you kind of. These are, it's close, medication. Uh, so in court, her defense claimed that the substance was contained in their medication. Okay. All but of like, their medication, they were all in the same all meds. All four of them, yeah. I think my defense was better, I'm Do just you know saying. I'm yeah. thinking of, you know, Harold Shipman and how he overdosed all those women yeah. with, um, with, wasn't it, morphine? And that, that mm. was all just labelled natural causes because mm. they were older. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, and in fact, yeah. some of them weren't even that old. They were, like, in their 50s. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. Well, this is it. This is the sort of that... It's that area of kind of people are willing to overlook up to a point unless you're a happy woman and then they kind of look at you. <laughs> um, but yeah, if the, all these people so are a bit older, it's like, yeah. yeah. So nobody bought that defence. 
and she was convicted of murdering two of her four husbands with beetle poison in 1956 and 1957, respectively. So you just missed execution. Well, this is that oh, right? I have a fun fact about that, actually. Is it fun? Before you say it, <laughs> is it as fun as you think it is? <laughs> Katie has a habit of saying fun fact no matter what the fact oh, right. is. She likes facts. It is a grim fact. Okay, go on. Got a grim fact about that. <laughs> Um, She she was initially sentenced to death in 1958 for murdering two of the husbands, so she was poised to become the last woman hanged in England, but her advanced age allowed her to get a reprieve and her sentence was commuted to life imprisonment. Oh, my goodness. Because Ruth Ellis was hanged in, what, 55? And... She was the last woman. Yeah. Is that that poor woman? Yeah. yeah it's an amazing film starring Miranda Richardson. Is there? Um, and Rupert Everett is the one she killed. It's such a sad it's an incredible story. Incredible film. It's very sad. Um, but obviously, every execution in the fifties fueled the um, abolition movement. Right. In the same way that Derek Bentley, you know, the young, mm. the young man who um, was convicted of, of murdering the policeman, even though he didn't actually have the gun. Mm. Um, oh yeah, it led to yeah. you know that. Um, That's how they changed it. Well, it just, it just fueled the abolitionist movement. So I had thought, I had wondered if, um, you know, after Ruth Ellis, they, mm. they were unlikely to execute another woman anyway. Yeah. And maybe right. that was there was less appetite for it. Yeah. So even if you gave the death sentence, I suspect they, they wouldn't would have then changed. They could just go, yeah. oh, but she's too old, yeah. so we won't do it. Because there wasn't there wasn't a rule about age. Yeah, I was going to say, that seems like a kind of interesting choice that they were like, oh, she's she's too old. Like there was just such a fight against it by that point. So was that always the method in the UK? Hanging. It was always hanging. Well, yeah. In, in more recent times, we obviously used to hang drawn quarter you. Yeah. <laughs> sure. oh, yeah. We, we used to go full. full crazy. Yeah. yeah. Was it sixty-two? That. He died. The last. Um, I thought it was fifties case. Oh, it was fifty. I think it was fifty-seven. Oh, it was. Oh, it was, oh okay. So was yeah. that Pierpoint? I remember watching a film yeah. about Pierpoint. Well, Pierpoint and, yeah. did all those executions. Right. Right. Yeah. It's so hard to picture it here because it's just Still so much in the past. In and, America. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, brag, as we're, but... the day that we're talking, you know, Pretty Patel's got to rule on whether to accept the extradition request from the US. And the single biggest factor, which I heard reported on the news, was whether or not he'd faced the threat of execution. I mean, the uh, idea that, you know, in America today, we're still having this discussion. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's I know. quite scary. I mean, it's quite We're scary. pretty it's awesome terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we like to keep it, Taylor, can you keep it old school. Because... Yeah. yeah, I'll make some calls. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's it is interesting, that thing about the fact that she was deemed too old to... Yeah, and it, that, it's now because it, it's sort of a weird excuse. Now it's sounding even more like an excuse. Now we know the political context. How long did she live after that then? So she uh, lived for four years, and she died age seventy on the fifth of December in nineteen sixty-two in Holloway Prison. Mm. Mm. Wow, she isn't there anymore. Is that right, Holloway? Well, like... it, it, the building's there, but the yeah, but it's not prison. Using it. Yeah. yeah. It'll be million pound flats before you can say yeah. gentrification. <laughs> and that is basically the end of the case. They did exhume the other two, bod- the first two bodies. Okay, I wonder. And they were found to have the same signs of that well, poison. Even her first husband. Yeah. yeah the, the first two, the first one and the lover that became Oh, husband. I thought those were the ones no, that no, no, they, they did. No, the, no, they did the most recent Sorry, two. my firm defence so was, was not as solid as oh, I thought. So they convicted her for the, the most recent two. Okay, that makes She's sentenced. Sense. Then they dig up mm. the first two to just check but and it's the same thing but they don't need to have another trial because they didn't need any more convictions
patrons two will do it. Right. So they didn't bother to have another. It's time. interesting they just did it for themselves. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the way you write maybe a spec script. You're like, I'll just do it for myself. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, presumably it's a lot of money to exhume some bodies, but they just yeah. wanted to know. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. Um, was was the newspaper coverage? You know, what did you find? There was. I didn't actually look at archive newspapers or anything like that. I looked at other sources that had reported on it. Yeah. I just wondered um, if they'd quoted papers, because this seems exactly the kind of story that would attract a lot of newspapers. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Um, it's very sensational, especially with her nickname. Yeah. yeah. Right. There absolutely must be. Particularly just that a woman murdering people as well is, yeah. like, quite big news. You know, we've obviously done 200 cases now, and, like, when it's a woman who is the murderer, who is presumably... Because you always seem to get a description, don't you, of what that person looks like. If it's a female in history, you'll always be like, oh, this is what she looked like. <laughs> yeah. I'd be amazed if there wasn't a film... You know, like, if there hasn't yeah. been a film made, it's interesting, and maybe it's because she was too old and therefore but then that, that wouldn't stop me making her younger and sexier yeah it? exactly <laughs> yeah exactly but it's funny because I've been involved in an exhibition that's about to open at the British Library called Breaking the News and it's the history of oh. news in Britain and it goes back to like pamphlets from the Battle of Flooden in the early 16th century wow. but it looks at modern scandals and certain kinds of stories and there was a scandal about this Mormon um, you know those Mormon missionaries who come from the States all very clean cut and mm. cute and, and anyway <laughs> this woman had apparently kidnapped one and kept him hostage or something or maybe the other way around I can't remember but it was this big scandal and you know he sold his story to a tabloid or something like that so I've misremembered wow. this but that was in that was in I think the 60s okay and so I'm just thinking around this time you know the 50s mm, yeah. is you know it's a big era for, for scandal in yeah. newspapers and they would have absolutely loved this story yeah this story would have been huge like it's got kind of everything yeah. we will post it on our socials everybody um, <laughs> write a script I think you, you know. <laughs> every other case we say that we're like so this is a series I this is a film we solved it hey cheers drunk women solving crime strap in for this listener crime okay. okay dear fabulous drunk women we're back in lockdown here in New Zealand so this is <sighs> sent in from then so since there's nothing to do and once again socially acceptable drink any night of the week naturally I've been re-listening to all the old episodes and having a few wines along with you it was during an episode where the listener crime happened in a pub that I suddenly remembered an incident which I think you ladies might be able to shed some light on about 10 years ago I was managing a pub in a small town it was a quiet Sunday night when a man walked in there wasn't anything particularly noteworthy about him he was maybe 50s average height possibly a bit on the short side stocky build but not muscly dark hair dark eyes no tattoos distinguishing features tidily dressed in a nice shirt and trousers not fancy but not cheap either this well, is like me describing my fiance to my parents he's kind of like he's not tall he's not short he's kind of like you know he's stuck he's not got any tattoos he's fine yeah he's fine he's, he's fine, fine. Make, it would make a very good witness because i'd be like it was a person i mean she's, she's, <laughs> this is a good detailed description i yeah. have to say so he was perfectly friendly and polite and clothes. he ordered food and a drink before sitting down with a newspaper but something about him seemed super familiar as I was behind the bar pouring his beer, I suddenly remembered where I had seen his face before. His picture was up on the wall of our back office. <gasps> Why? We'd received it via fax, remember those? A few days <laughs> earlier from the police who had sent it to all the local businesses, sort of like a modernish day wanted oh, no. poster. Yes. Oh, wow. Alongside oh. his picture, it's said to be on the lookout for him because he was on the run and had contacts in the area who the police thought he might be staying with. It didn't say anything about what he was, why he was wanted or if he... 
or that he was dangerous or anything, oh, no. but it did say not to confront him and to call the police immediately. <sighs> I went to the back office to double check if it was him on the poster, and while I was pretty sure that it was, I'm a female, so I thought I should get someone else's opinion first before doing anything. <laughs> and she's put here, hashtag internalised misogyny. <laughs> Which is a great hashtag. Um, so I called the owner, who lived upstairs. She came down and had a look, agreed it was the same guy, and called the police. Next thing we know, at least 10 heavily armed cops were storming Whoa. in through all three entrances to the building. We're talking full-on special ops sort of outfits, big guns and bulletproof vests. It was like something out of a movie. Now... New Zealand isn't as messed up as America. No offence to Taylor or any American listeners. <laughs> and our police don't walk around armed. So seeing that much firepower, yeah, especially yeah. in a small town, was pretty shocking. The perp seemed a bit surprised at first, but not nearly as much as us. And then he Ooh. just sat there calmly as they surrounded him. Then in walked what looked like the officer in charge of the team, along with a man in a fancy suit. I got the vibe that the suited guy was the big boss from the way he was so authoritative. Like maybe he was lead detective or something. The suited man strolled up to the perp and they started chatting. We couldn't hear what they were saying because we were safely behind the bar, but they were way too relaxed for the situation. At one point, they were both even chuckling together. The perp seemed resigned to having been caught, and after a few minutes, he got up and casually walked out alongside the suited detective guy, still chatting, followed by everyone else. Hmm. They didn't even bother handcuffing the perp, though they might have before they put him in the car, but we didn't see that part. So my question to you drunk women is, what the hell did this guy do? What was his crime? Why did they feel the need to send so many heavily armed police but not huh. to handcuff him or put a warning that he was dangerous on the wanted poster? Only you ladies can get to the bottom of this. That's a love, <laughs> Charlotte. Charlotte. Jeez, Louise. I mean, my first instinct was that was a stag night and <laughs> they like, sent his picture to all the bars oh. and they were like, let's get him like... That and then the guy in the suit prank. was his best man and it was just a prank. <laughs> and then, the, yeah... What a wonderful response. Like, yeah, if that's a stag dude, then phew, because yeah. otherwise that's quite terrifying. Well, the police would probably like the excuse to get out all the gear, you know. Oh, do you So think? I think, you know, you, you often, especially if they don't know the details of it, you, you tend to, mm. I don't know if over-respond is the right word, but you play it just cautious. In case. Yeah. Mm. Send out everything, just in case. Yeah, yeah. that makes and sense. And then okay. if, if when you know you assess the situation on the ground, this guy who knew him then says, "Actually, yeah. I'm okay to go on my own." So you know, being generous—that's the way. Yes, so it okay. might be misleading all the armed police. Interesting. Mm. Yes, that's almost a misleading. If you've ever yeah. seen a load of police cars turn up to arrest one guy, you know, who's doing nothing but has been yeah. reported Planned for looking for a bit worst. suspicious in a certain yeah. neighbourhood, you know. Yeah, and um, then you've got the backup just in case. Yeah. And yeah, but okay. suspect was cooperative. Interesting. Yeah. But I would guess it might be something like he was a drug dealer. I was going to gonna say this feels like drug lord territory okay yeah because yeah. gangs are a thing in new zealand like they are in most countries ah. kind of being resigned to oh i guess i'll be but also like, why is he in a why is he gone to a bar to get dinner. if you if you're if yeah. you're literally wanted yeah and you know there'll be a wanted poster what, what, does, do they say what town it is they didn't give the town, mm, I don't okay. think. I've spent a lot of time travelling around New Zealand. I've been to some very small towns. Yeah, oh. you might have eaten in this pub. I might have eaten in this pub. <laughs> well, also, the fact that they did over-prepare with all their armed guards might be why he cooperated so easily. Yeah, exactly. Like, if they had turned Perhaps. up with just two police officers, he might have, like, oh, look over there and yeah, run out run. the back. Yeah, exactly. So he didn't really have much choice but to chuckle, resigned, and... Yeah go with them yes i remember um like some heavily armed people around where i live they were obviously doing some kind of sting and they arrived and we sort of 
realised something was going on outside, so we went out onto the balcony, which is like, I wonder what's happening. And yeah, there was all these armed police. Um, and then they sort of did this whole thing and they chased someone, they didn't catch them. Ooh. And then I remember we watched it for a while and then the guy's just like, I always remember he just opened a bag of quavers, like the lead guy. <laughs> he was just, he just died. Like they'd obviously, he'd go, they, the, the guy they were trying to catch had gone. And I always just thought it was the funniest thing that he it's was just That's such a great touch. They have to like, you know, lighting yeah. a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. It's a bag Opening of a bag of quavers. I really want to see that in yeah. a cop drama now. Right, because yeah. it feels like... <laughs> so humanising somehow. Yeah. <laughs> just the sound. Yeah, exactly. If they were like undercover as well, it's like he's probably still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. So we're basic. We're saying drugs, aren't we? Yeah, what's I your answer? So. Well, that's no, we, that we have to solve it. So oh, we, so Charlotte doesn't even know. No, Charlotte's giving it... We're the only people that she can trust with this case. <laughs> yeah. And we say drugs. We yeah. solved it! Thank you for sending it to you us. Are that was very an amazing welcome. crime. Yeah, that's um, that's great. We have just enough time to ask Samira Ahmed, what are you up to? <laughs> what am I up to? Well, I've I've been involved in this new exhibition yeah, that opens yeah. um, on the twenty second of April at the British Library. It's called Breaking the News, and I've written the foreword for the book that goes with it. Oh, it's, awesome! It's just like a history of news in Britain, so it's quite yeah. interesting looking at the kinds of stories that come up. And when we started planning it, the pandemic hadn't happened. Uh, you know, the oh, Ukraine invasion hadn't sure. happened. So yeah. there's something quite sad in a way about how news has caught up with us. Yeah. But also, who knew that the more news sources there are, the more complicated things we get. Like now we, we don't even know how to trust the news because of all the disinformation out there. Yeah, yeah. No source Which is so depressing. 50 years ago, you know, we were just worried about the Cold War and propaganda. And yeah. now, actually, it's, yeah. it's much more complicated. So, so that's one of the things I'm doing. And then, oh, my nose goes back. I present Front Row on Radio 4. I interviewed Sooty and Sweep recently. Oh, wow. It's probably one of the greatest interview experiences of my oh, life. Amazing. <laughs> so amazing. So, um, yeah. Can we see that? Um, you can't see it, but you can hear it. Oh, my God, sweet, <laughs> as, I imagine. As Richard was Cadell said, interviewing Sooty on the radio is like, such a great choice. <laughs> but I, I especially needed to hear Sweep. So yeah. Sweep did speak to me. Amazing. Oh, amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. And is that, can we find that online? Yeah, yeah, if you just search for, you know, front row and Sooty. <laughs> Oh, and Samira Ahmed. There is photographic evidence. But, uh, I took, I took um, Gail Renard, who was the scriptwriter of Pipkin. Oh, I know Gail, Monty yeah. Co. yeah. She's brilliant. She's a good friend of mine. So I took her along to see the show. And we joined, you know, they think he does um, meet and greet afterwards with anyone. So there's this huge queue of tiny children with their parents and grandparents. And then these two adult women <laughs> <laughs> waiting to meet and greet. So I love it. Awesome. Um, but it was great. So I'm, I'm enjoying all that. Oh, oh amazing. Amazing. awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You've been a fabulous detective. Give it up you for really Samira. Yeah. <laughs> we never doubted your skills. But <laughs> have me on it. again. You never know. I might start drinking and see what happens. <laughs> Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.